Well, how are we doing, Parkview? It's good to good, good, good. Yeah, right on. It's good to see you uh, this weekend, and I'm, I'm so glad that you've made the choice to be here uh, on, on all campuses. And uh, I just I, I want to tell you that that maybe uh, you're coming in here, and maybe your heart on on a weekend like this, just after everything uh, that is happening around our nation uh, in in Minneapolis and Baton Rouge and Dallas and Houston, and even right here in our own city, maybe your heart just feels kind of heavy. Uh, for, for where we are and, and for uh, the violence that's been going on in our world. And so I've been, I'm, I'll just be honest and tell you, Parkview, I've been feeling that way all week, and especially uh, even today uh, as I come and prepare to preach. I've been feeling that way, and I just uh, need to tell you, we've kind of called an audible uh, here this weekend. Uh, we uh, had the last service just a little bit ago around here, and everything was good and fine, and I dove in, and uh, I preached about a 36-minute uh, message on the book of Proverbs, which is where we are, and the whole time I was preaching, I was thinking two things just a little bit ago. I was thinking, man, we really need the Word of God in us. I know that, but we also just really need to sing out and praise God, and we also just really need to pray to God and ask Him to heal our land and ask Him to heal our hearts and ask Him to come alongside us, so we've kind of called an audible, and here's what we're going to do today and for the rest of the weekend around Parkview, if it's okay. I'm going to preach but I'm going to shrink it down to about 20 minutes because we need the Bible. Somebody say amen. amen. We need the Bible, so we're going to study the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to get this, and we're going to, I'm going to ask God to give me the guidance on that, and then I'm going to pray and invite the team back out, and we're going to spend the last part of this service together today worshiping him and singing to him and, and praying together as a community for our community and for these people and for our nation. Amen? Good. So that's where we're headed. It's going to be a good time. I know God's going to meet us right here where we are. In fact, let's pray to him right now. God, Father, we love you. We thank you for your oversight in our lives and our families. We thank you for your oversight in this world. God, even when we don't understand everything, we certainly trust you. We don't have any other choice. And so, God, we humbly come before you today, and we want to do what we know how to do. We want to study your word, and we want to put your truth into our lives in the good times and in the bad. And we want to spend time just lifting up our voices and our hearts to you, connecting ourselves to you during these trying times for our nation and for many people. God bless this. We offer it to you. We give it to you as a sacrifice. Make your word come alive to us this weekend. In Jesus' name we pray that everyone says amen. amen. Well, we are studying the book of Proverbs. We're in this series called Hashtag Wisdom. And here's what I want to do today. I want to take us, uh, as we dive into one of the most obscure stories in the whole Bible, I think. Not stories, actually, moments in the Bible. It's a very strange moment, and it's tucked inside one of the most famous stories in the Bible. So what I'm saying is this. If you've been around church a lot of your life, you're going to know the story that we're talking about. If you've been around church just a little bit, you're still going to know the story that we're talking about. But you may not know the moment that we're actually going to consider 
Let me bring you up to speed, and then we'll look at some scripture. Uh, it's in Exodus chapter 8. Uh, Moses is being used by God to bring these ten plagues on the nation of Egypt. Maybe you remember these plagues because uh, Pharaoh had God's people, and he wasn't wanting to let them go. And, and so God uses Moses to bring these plagues down upon these people. And the first plague is a plague of blood. And uh, everything in the whole city, the rivers, the, the lakes, everything with water in it becomes blood. And, and it, it really rocks the city. It rocks Pharaoh's heart, but he still his heart gets harder, and he doesn't let God's people go. The second plague that comes down, you may or may not know this, is the plague of frogs. Everybody say frogs. These frogs come down, and the Bible says that they're everywhere. They're like in the streets, they're in the businesses, they're in people's homes, they're in their kitchens, it says, they're in the pots, they're in the pans. There's frogs in their beds. There's frogs everywhere. And when this happens, Pharaoh decides, you know what, I think I'm ready to let the people go. And so I want us to pick up the story and what happens in the conversation between Moses and Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 8. Take a look at this. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave it to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. Now, now pause right there for just a moment. I want you to see what's going on. This makes sense for what we're going to study in Proverbs today. Moses says to Pharaoh, here's the deal. I can get rid of the frogs. I'll get rid of the frogs whenever you want me to. You just tell me, when do you want the frogs to be gone? And Pharaoh says, tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow. Why tomorrow? Why, why, why wait, right? Why, why delay? Why spend one more night with the frogs? That's the big question. And the reason I bring this whole thing up is because I think there's a tendency in, in many of our lives to spend one more night with the frogs. We know we have a decision we need to make, but we delay. We put things off, and the result is often one more night of stress, one more night of anger, one more night of guilt, one more night of pain, one more night of shame, one more night with the frogs. Back several years ago, I was a youth pastor, Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Bob Russell was the senior pastor at that point, and he had this phrase he used to say over and over and over. I'll show it to you. You can write it down if you're taking notes. He used to say this, if you have a frog to eat, eat it early. If you have a frog to eat, eat it early. In other words, don't spend all day staring at something that you know you need to do. If you have an email you need to return, return it. If you have a text message you need to respond to, respond to it. If you have a voicemail on your phone, how many of you ever get a voicemail on your phone and you know who it's from so you don't listen to it? <laughs> right, you just let it sit there. It's just sitting there on your phone. It's, you're just sitting there going, man, I don't want to listen to it because I don't know what they're going to say. And, and listen, if you have a voicemail to respond to, respond to it. Some of you, you know what, you have some projects around the house this weekend and that project is like a frog. Every weekend, you're staring that frog in the face, and I know some of you are hitting each other. Guess what? This weekend, eat the frog. Eat the frog. Get after that project this weekend. Don't put it off. Actually, the book of Proverbs in the Bible has a whole lot to say about this whole idea of putting things off. 
and, and, and being lazy. Sometimes the Bible calls it being sluggardly. And, and here's the deal with, with laziness. Laziness is so easy to spot in other people, right? But it's almost impossible to see in ourselves. It's so difficult for us to see in ourselves. And maybe right now you're thinking to yourself, okay, Todd, I get all this, and, but what, what in the world does the idea of being lazy or sluggardly or putting things off have to do with us around here at Parkview? I mean, we're busy, we're productive, we're successful, we get things done. And I know this is a very productive, successful group of people, but here's, here's my thing. My worry and my concern for us as a people, Parkview, is not so much about comprehensive laziness. It's more about like selective laziness. Not that we would be comprehensively lazy in our lives, but we would be selectively lazy in our lives. And so here's what I want to do for the next few minutes. I want to just highlight for us how we can spend not one more night with the frogs and how Proverbs says we can battle some of this selective laziness in our lives and realize I'm going to share two different areas that I think we get selectively lazy. And, and please hear this. When I say these things, I'm not just preaching at you. I'm telling you, I, I wrestle with these things on a regular basis in my life. But these are a couple areas that we as human beings, as people who follow after Jesus, many of us, can get selectively lazy. The first area is in our family. Everybody say family. In our family. In the book of Proverbs chapter 11 verse 29, it says, exploit and abuse your family and end up with a fistful of air. Common sense tells you that's a stupid way to live. One of the ways that you and I can abuse our family is just by taking them for granted not putting the effort into our family or into our marriage that we should. And, and, and you probably know, you've seen it happen. When we do that, when, when we don't put the effort into it, the, the book of Proverbs says, you know, that if you're not careful, you can just one day end up with like a fistful of air. Nothing when it comes to your family and when it comes to your marriage. And you've probably seen this in people's lives. I know I've seen it. I have some friends this is painful for me. I have some friends right now who, uh, they, they at one point had a great family and they had a great marriage. I mean, they were just cruising. People would point at them and they were amazing. But what happens is they kind of got lazy in their family. They kind of got lazy with their date nights. They kind of got lazy in their marriage. And now here they are two or five years later down the road just kind of sitting here with a fist full of air and not a lot to show. And and, and you know, you've seen this happen. Maybe you've had this kind of happen or begin to happen in your life. And you also know this, that great marriages don't just happen. Great families don't just happen. Amen? I mean, you're not going to just drift towards a great marriage or family. I, I promise, Parkview, you're not going to wake up one day and look around your life and say, Wow, I have an incredible marriage. How did this happen? I mean, how did this occur? You're not going to look around at your children and say, you know what, my kids are brilliant, my kids are amazing. How did that happen? And you know, listen, you're going to know how that happened. You know why? Because it takes work. It takes initiative. You can't be lazy with those things. But I think a lot of times what paralyzes us in our lives is we start thinking about having the perfect family. And, and there's this thing out there about a perfect family. I want you to know, Parkview, there's no such thing as a perfect family. 
There's only imperfect families that are wanting to improve. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's only imperfect marriages that are wanting to improve. But what happens a lot of times is here's what we do. See if this makes sense to you. A lot of times we begin to compare what we know about ourselves to what we don't know about someone else, and then we end up coming up short. Whenever you can compare what you know about yourself to what you don't know about someone else, you always end up coming up short. And so you compare what you know about your family or your marriage to my family or my marriage. And my, it may look great on the outside, but you don't know we got all kinds of messed up stuff. But, but, but you're going to come up short because you're just going to compare what you know. And maybe, maybe as I'm talking about this right now, even on a weekend like this with all kinds of emotion and all kinds of things going on in our world, maybe right now on a weekend like this, you're thinking to yourself, you know what, that's me. Man, I'm pretty busy, I'm pretty productive, I get it done. But the honest truth, Todd, is that when it comes to my family, it comes to marriage, I'm getting, you know, I've, been, I've gotten a little lazy with that. I've gotten a little haphazard with that. And I would just say to you, don't get lazy in that area of your life. Don't get selectively lazy in that area of your life. Here's another area that we get selectively lazy. Again, this isn't a comprehensive thing, but one is with our family and the other would be with our faith. A lot of times we get lazy with our faith. And, and my best guess is this, you know, Parkview, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that come to church around here at Parkview on all campuses. And, and my best guess is this, that there are probably dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds, hundreds of people who will be here this weekend. Maybe some of you sitting here right now and the truth is, you need Jesus in your life. You need to accept Jesus into your life. And, and you know that. You, you know you need to do that. You know that some weekend, you need to hang around church. You need to meet and talk to somebody out at one of the welcome centers. Or you need to talk to somebody or pray with somebody about Jesus. You need to be baptized into Jesus. You, you know that in your life. And listen, if, if I'm talking to you, here's the thing that is kind of hard in our lives. Because you know you're not a lazy person. No, nobody would say you're lazy at all. I mean, you may be killing it. You may be getting it done. You may be one of the most productive people in this whole congregation. But when it comes to your faith... When it comes to church, when it comes to pursuing Jesus in your life, you have for some reason, I don't know why it happens, but for some reason, you have allowed yourself to become selectively lazy. Saying, you know, I'll do that, I'll make that commitment. I'll begin to follow him in, in a month. I'm going I'm to do it. It's going to be like a month from now. And, and we begin to get selectively lazy about these different things in our lives, especially when it comes to our faith. And the Bible is clear about that. Jesus is clear about how that plays out when we start postponing things in our, in our faith. Take a look at this, these verses in Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. He says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man, if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? 
In other words, Jesus is saying to us in Matthew and, and the book of Proverbs is saying to us that, listen, you can, you can take initiative in every area of your life, in, in business, in finance, in having a great family, a marriage, and all kinds of things. But if you get selectively lazy in your faith, in your walk with God, in, in accepting Jesus into your life, then, then really you've lost it all. You've lost it all. And for some, listen, I, I just feel like this is what God wants me to say to you this weekend. For some of you, this needs to be the weekend. With everything going on in our world, you need to come to Jesus Christ, who's the rock who stands firm. Amen? You need to give your life to him. You need to not be lazy about that. You not, need to not put that off. You need to come to Jesus and give him your life this weekend. You need to own your own faith. For others of you, you've already owned your own faith, and the thing where we get lazy is just sharing our faith sometimes. We, we can't get lazy in sharing our faith either, and, and let me tell you why. It's because God has put you where he's put you on purpose. God has you right where he wants you so that you can share Jesus with people around you. I promise, for those of you who, who work, some of you may love your job, some of you may not like your job at all, I don't know. But here's what I can promise you. God is not looking down from heaven on you saying something like this. Oh, wow, you still work there? I had no idea you were still working there. I, I thought it was long gone from there. No, 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 listen. God knows where you work. And, and probably the reason you're still working where you're working is because there's still work left to be done where you work. Does that make sense? Some of you are saying, well, Todd, I don't understand. I, mean, I got all my work done. I have a, you know, kind of a guilt-free life this weekend. My employer, by the way, is very happy with me because I get everything done. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just getting your work done so your employer is happy. That's a good thing. You should be doing that. But I'm saying God says you have more work to do at your work, and maybe that's why you're still working where you're working. God knows. Students, let me talk to you for just a minute. Students, junior high, high school, college, wherever you go to school, guess what? God knows where you go to school. God's not surprised by that. God knows that math teacher you don't like. He knows that Spanish teacher that's difficult. God knows who you set by at lunch. And students, could it be for you? Could it be for you that your school is not a popularity contest, but it's a mission field? Could it be that that's why God has you there? Or think about just where you live, where you're going to go home to today. Some of you may love your house you may love your condo. You may love your townhome. Some of you may hate it. You may be wanting to get out of there. I, mean, I can't believe I live here. Guess what? God knows where you live. And maybe he's got somebody right across the street or right across the hall. And he needs us to get up off the couch, not be watching TV, not be binging Netflix. Somebody say amen. Not being lazy, something like that. I, I'm not all against that, but I'm just saying God needs us to get up off the couch and go speak to somebody about him. And a big part of the reason a lot of times that you and I don't do this, that we get lazy in speaking to people about Jesus, I think is because we think I'm going to have to just tell them everything. I don't even know what to do, Todd. I'm going to have to tell them everything. If I start talking to them about God, I'm going to have to start you know, with creation and tell them about all the flood and you know, all those plagues you talked about. I don't even know those plagues you were talking about. I can talk about two of them now, but I don't know all of them. And so I'm going to have to tell them about the prophets. I'm going to have to tell them about all the apostles and things like that. I don't even know how to do that. And, and, and so we're thinking, we have, here's, here's what we think. We have to tell them everything. Here's what I want you to know. And we're going to wrap this, pull, pull this whole thing together about not being lazy with our family and with our faith. Here's what I want you to know. You don't start at scratch with anyone. Every single person that you meet this week, God is already working in their life. God is already working. 
in their life. All you do, all I do, is join God where he's already working. We join up with him, amen? And, and, and we, we, we decide we're not going to be lazy, and, and we come and put our life alongside what he's doing in other people. And if there's ever been a time in our nation where we need people coming alongside each other, loving each other, linking arms, serving each other, not just being about themselves, not being lazy, not being in our own cocoon, this would be a season. This would be a season where we need to do that, where we need to link arms, not get lazy, to take initiative with our family and to take initiative with our faith. So here's the thing today, Parkview. Here's the thing. Here's the, if you're taking notes still, if you're writing down some notes today, here's the, here's the uh, next step. Where do you need to take initiative this week? Where should you take initiative this week? Maybe in your family, maybe in your faith. If, if you need to take that initiative in your family, then I would just encourage you sometime this week, you know what? Uh, Man, turn off the TV and just begin talking to your family one evening. Have a long dinner one evening and just begin to pour into them. Begin to listen to them. If it's your faith, maybe you know on a weekend like this, as we all have time to worship now and we all have time to pray, maybe you just need to unite your heart with God and you need to say, you know what, God? It's, man, I've been putting off my faith. I've been putting off taking a step towards you for months or for years. And God, I'm going to take that step today. Whatever it is, wherever you need to join him, I want to encourage you to do that today. And don't, don't allow yourself to be selectively lazy. Proverbs, Proverbs says over and over and over that this is something that can happen in anybody's life, in your life and in mine. We need to be wise to that. For the next few minutes, let's just spend some time in prayer together. Let's thank God for his word. Let's thank God for a time where we can think about Proverbs and put that Bible inside of us because we need it. We need God's word inside of us. We need to eat and consume God's word to be healthy in our life. So let's just spend a moment right now just thanking God for that, but let's also spend a moment right now just preparing our hearts and our minds to worship out to God, to praise God for who he is, to give God our cares, to give him our burdens, to give him our hurt, to give him our pain. Let's be ready to spend just a few minutes in prayer asking God to, to heal us, to, to heal our land. Let's do that. God, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for the fact that we're a part of a place, that we're a part of a people, we're a part of a community here at Parkview where we're not afraid to just be open. We're not afraid, God, to just be bare and, and to lay our lives before you and to stand and to, to sing and to pray and say, God, we need your help. We need your wisdom. We need you, God, to be close to us. God, we need to know that you know about all these things that are going on in our world, and we need you to help us, God, be change agents. We need you to keep us on mission as individuals and as a church. So, God, right now, would you take our study, would you take 
our prayers, would you take our worship and may it be pleasing to you. We give this to you because you deserve it and because we need it in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen.